Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Nibblink, and I'm the creator of Apples and Genos, originator of the Zero-G Draft Strategy, and contributor to Yahoo Fantasy. In this podcast, Blake and I are going to talk about the biggest hot shots and have-nots of the early season. Let's get it! Well, of course, I have your friend and my best friend, Blake Creamer, here with me. Blake, how are we feeling tonight? Buddy, this night, uh, this is, this is you know, I mean, I know the season just started, but this is one of the best fantasy nights of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> Austin Matthews, hat trick, Boone Jenner, 36% rostered, hat trick. Buddy, <laughs> I, I got called out so much on our Discord, on X and everything else. Like, I was loving it, man. Last night was amazing, and I actually had a little bit of capacity to watch the Blue Jackets game, so I saw like him skating out for first star. And, yeah, everybody, all right, this man's a player, and I love that he's going to be, like, the highest waiver ad now. Um, you know, it's it's about time, all right? Uh, congratulations, Boone Jenner. You've arrived. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can actually probably help guarantee that he's going to be one of the higher ad players because he's going to go in a Yahoo article that's going to come out oh uh, the same day as this podcast. So Everything's coming into place here. Um, definitely think that it was a big week, like big performances across the league. It's going to yep. be pretty sweet. Let's jump into some news and notes, some newsies, newsies. as Blake would say. First one I've got here is Pavel Buchnevich being evaluated today. That's Sunday. We should know more um, maybe late tonight, most likely tomorrow, uh, as per the coach there. Uh, so we'll just wait for information there. In the meantime, you know, it's a, it kind of drags down Thomas and Cairo a little bit, kind of uh, throws that power play into a bit of, um, yeah, a bit of throws the power play for a bit of a loop for sure. Wonder if it maybe opens something up for Vrana, considering that uh, Buchnevich was the left wing on that line, that top line. Even if Vrana doesn't go straight to that spot, maybe he um, just by process of moving up the lineup just gets a little bit more of a chance. So keep an eye out for Jack of Vrana and that move. Uh, another one, Stamkos surprise day to day designation today, lower body injury. Uh, Hagel, the clear beneficiary, moved up to the Point Kucherov line. Uh, so we'll see, obviously. I don't think he's... Did he get anything tonight? Uh, the game is ongoing as we're recording this. Hagel is minus one with two shots and a couple of hits so far. So not much doing, but he does have a ton of ice time. So he's got that going for him at the very least. We'll see if there's anything more. Anything more on those two, Blake? No, yeah, just Hagel in general is uh, has been a bit of a surprise this season. Um, you know, he he's put up some really decent metrics, like you know, shots on goal and scoring chances for Corsi for those things we like to look at here at Apples and Genos. Yeah, he's he's showing out a little bit, or definitely standing out a little more than he did last season, right? Where he was kind of a no thought, um, and he was doing that on the second line. So of course, when he gets bumped up to the first line and potentially first power play, you know, all those things go away. <laughs> so. You know, that's fantasy hockey, folks. But um, yeah, I'm 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 low-key interested in Hagel here. I mean, obviously he's on rosters, so you know, I think it's you know, if you don't have Stamkos, you're probably loving having Hagel in there. Maybe not tonight, but uh yeah, and then I'm you know, Vrana is is exciting as well. I'm a big fan of Vrana, you know, just like you are, but obviously St. Louis has a terrible schedule this week and he was getting minimized. He had 11 minutes in the first game. So yeah, we, we just got to watch that game. If he gets good deployment, maybe you put him on a watch list and pick him up, you know, the week after next. Yep. Agree there. Uh, Matt Boldy left the game on Saturday against the Leafs late in the game. Uh, no update as of this recording. Apparently we're, we're supposed to get an update on Monday when the wild practice again. So hopefully we hear something then hopefully it's nothing too big especially for all of the fantasy teams that i drafted him and drafted him on he's one of my highly most highly rostered players so um thoughts and prayers going out to matt boldy here tonight 
Uh, also, Taylor Hall is apparently Wolverine, as you tweeted earlier today, Blake. He's going to play Monday after being designated week to week. Uh, what was that, two days ago now? Uh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, what is this guy doing? I don't know. Something's going on over there. They got to make sure they infuse Connor Bedard with all of that and make yeah, sure totally. he never misses a game ever in his entire career. That's all I got to say about that. All right. That's it for news and notes. We can move on to the main crux of this episode. So if you watch this show or followed along with the podcast last year, you probably have some sort of idea of what we're going to be doing for a good chunk of this show here. We're going to be talking about the hottest and coldest players around the league. Hot shots and have nots is what we're calling the segments this year. And we got to start this off with Austin Matthews. I mean, there's probably not a lot we need to say for fantasy purposes. If you have Austin Matthews, like me, you're loving life and everything is coming up roses. If you do not have Austin Matthews and you chose a bunch of plugs over him, as a lot of people were doing, and I've seen in fantasy drafts, real live fantasy drafts, where people were selecting inferior players to the god mode Austin Matthews himself, uh, then you should have listened to us because we were going to steer you right in that regard. Um, but Blake, is there anything to say? Austin Matthews, only guy projected for 60 plus goals this year. What do you think the uh, rest of the season outlook is? Do you think uh, we got 60 goals in the in the shoot here? Well, it's a great start. Six goals in two games. Like, yeah, now it, like we're we're two games in, so we're not we're not going crazy, right? We know it's a long season. Um, you know, it, it's. We just, we just have to temper expectations, but yeah, this gives him a good shot at getting 60, right? He's already got six in two. So now we can go in a little mini slump and we're still loving life, you know? So, um, I just, a player like Matthews, the, the, the underlying metrics last season, like we're all looking good, like all elite, you know, some of the best in the league and he just wasn't converting. So, you know, it stands to reason that, you know, if he's fully healthy and his wrist is good, like that some of those are going to start going in and and obviously that's been the case here so i'm just i'm super stoked that is such an epic way to start the season so yeah kudos to you matthews owners i was telling nate i didn't get him anywhere because i didn't have a pick higher than sixth and he was just going in all the, the leagues i'm in but i saw matthews falling to like ninth tenth yeah. in some leagues what the hell How, who let this happen all right that show ain't <laughs> no good and now you're paying for it because yeah he's he could really just pop this season, you know, kind of like he did two seasons ago. For sure. All right. From my team to yours, let's talk about Brock Besser. Four goals in his opener uh, last week and follows that up with another assist for five points in two games on the season, running about 17 and a half minutes. Uh, average time on ice, 24th in shots per 60 uh, across the league in the early going here. That's a nice number. We like to see it. Uh, that's just something that I'm really looking for from Brock Besser this year is uh, the underlying stats to kind of back it up. We know that he can be put in a position here, power play one and stuff like that in Vancouver where he can have this opportunity, but is he going to actually back that up with his own play or is he just going to be more of a passenger guy and more of a streamer level guy? Can he really elevate uh, on his own, which it, it seemed like that was there underlying for him, especially earlier in his career. And then it's kind of gone off the rails a little bit the last couple of years. I'm still holding out some hope for Brock Besser. I got him in a couple of spots this year. I'm rooting for him. How about you, Blake? Yeah, absolutely. I obviously, you know, you all know, if you listen to the pod, I'm a fan of this man. And I did pick him up in a bunch of spots as well. I think I have him on two teams, but he, he's not a four goal player. This is that, that was a special game. So that to, to expect that, like, you know, I get this all the time. I don't know about you, Nate, but people, you know, messaging after a big game of someone, they're like, you know, I should have picked this guy up. Like, oh my God, I got to go get him right now. It's like, yeah, like that's called chasing performances. All right. And we don't want to be doing that. Right. Besser is not going to be a four goal guy. He's going to, he, I still think Besser will probably have like 65 points by season's end. If everything really goes well, 70. Right. And that's him playing at, you know, peak Besser. And to, to be honest, in the first two games, He's looking close to peak Besser. Like to me, the yep. way that he has been historically, he's got some zip on his shot. He's skating well. He's hitting. He's engaged. You know, there are times with Besser where, you know, last season with Boudreaux, where he's kind of just slinking off over to the to the bench. You know, he's, there's no intensity. And I just haven't seen that in the first couple of games here. He's he's uh, you know, winning puck battles, he's hitting. Plus, I mean. It, it helps to score four goals in your first game. I mean, he's getting, he got his hat trick off his skate for God's sake, you know? So yeah, um, I'm excited about the player. I think 30 goals is absolutely reasonable. 60 
points pretty much. I, I think that's good if he stays healthy, right? Um, but I, you know, let's temper expectations. I think again, 70 points is probably the ceiling unless he just goes bananas. So, but I'm excited. Oh man, Besser, Boone Jenner, Matthews. This is what we're talking about. Oh, I love fantasy hockey. Let's get to this. All right. All right. Yeah, let's talk about Boone Jenner for a second. Obviously, the hat trick here on Saturday night had an assist to go along with that in his two games here for four total points skating <laughs> just about 19 and a half minutes a night doing pretty much all the things we kind of expected him to do at least for the early season here do have the looming prospect of you know if adam fantilli really uh, kind of takes off and takes over as a has a line one center which obviously the blue jackets want him to be that guy for them long term when that actually comes to pass is that this year next year the year after that we don't really know um but in the meantime like i've got jenner in a couple spots i'm loving life he contributes across all categories and right now he's scoring goals too so i'm pretty happy about that i I don't know if you're happy about that really blake it's kind of hard to tell you know over the microphone we're not in the same room it's kind of hard to judge your energy but maybe just give the people a sense of where you're at <laughs> that's buddy i i couldn't once i heard that even like my wife she doesn't understand fantasy hockey she doesn't know she doesn't watch hockey but i'm like i just told her like really quietly yesterday i'm like Boone Jenner just got a hat trick. She's like, oh, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> like, like she didn't, you know, she knows who Boone Jenner is randomly because <laughs> how much I talk about him, even in my personal life. So, um, yeah. And in this, your sleep, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. Boone Jenner, Boone Jenner. That's weird, <laughs> but, you know, I'm owning it because this man is an Adonis, and let's agree on that. Uh, beautiful jawline here. Um, anywho, yeah, very happy. Obviously, um, I, I, I'm not too concerned about Fantilli this season. I mean, unless he, like, certainly after the first couple games like you know they're warming him in or warming him up like 16 minutes a night for for Fantilli and he looks good he does look really good but Boone Jenner just bought himself a hell of a lot of time right comes out and just dominates you know uh he might actually get 40 percent roster ship here on Yahoo which is would be a, an actual boon so um <laughs> I don't know if it happened last season I was really really trying to make it happen I think I got him to 38 percent and I'm taking personal credit for that um <laughs> But uh, yeah, hat trick for this man. I don't see that happening. This is very much like the Brock Besser situation, right? I'm, I mean, let's let's hold the, hold our horses on Boone Jenner. Very valuable player. He's not a hat trick player, right? He, he you know he might get 25, 30 goals on the season. All right, but thank you, Boone Jenner, for your service. Amazing game, first star as he should be every game. Yeah, I did project Boone Jenner for exactly 30 goals, 57 points on the season. Still feel like that's within reach. 19 and a half minutes so that projection feels pretty accurate so far um i yeah basically boone jenner is who i thought he was he got a nice start to the season i'm happy for him hopefully parlays yep. that into a really solid season maybe some some good variance his way this year and we get even a little bit more juice on top all right next guy i want to talk about is philip forsberg this one's pretty interesting to me so he hasn't scored yet in his three games so he's got three assists but more importantly he's gaining almost 21 minutes a night ranks third in the league in individual shot attempts uh per 60 and like Third in shot attempts for 60, skating 21 minutes a night. That's where Forsberg's at right now. Clearly, they're running the offense through this guy. And, like, the on-ice stats don't look bad. Everybody's worried about this context in Nashville. But, like, 19th in Corsi 4 per 60, 20th in scoring chances 4 per 60. Again, this is three games. Like, it's more of a sample than we've got on most of these players. It's not a great sample. Usually, I, I like to use a five-game sample for most of the, this kind of analysis. But... Mm -hmm. um, it's better than what we've got for a lot of these players that we're going to talk about here tonight. And uh, so far, yeah, the early returns are really nice on Forsberg. I'm, he's like, if I had to pick one player to go out and acquire across all my leagues right now, uh, Forsberg would be that guy for me. Yeah, buddy, that is not even close to a hot take. That that's that's great advice. Like, um, you know, I've got Forsberg in two spots because, yeah, he was dropping like crazy um, in draft season. But I love this, man. Like you said, um, the deployment, that's not uh, that's not common for him. Right. And that the power play deployment as well. He's, you know, look at these three games, like first game, 74 percent power play share. Second game, 72, uh, you know, last game, 57 power play percent share. But he has seven and a half minutes time on ice on the power play. So they're starting to do that in Nashville. Right. Because there's a big gap between their top end talent and their lower end talent. So I think they're going to ride this guy. Yossi's value is sky high as well. I mean, he's had a little bit of a slower start, but um, 
Forsberg is the real deal, and I'm really excited about it. And he's going to start popping off, right, with with these uh, uh, shot attempts, right? And um, Ryan O'Reilly has looked pretty damn good on that line too. Where just out of nowhere, I mean, whenever I watch Ryan O'Reilly skate, it just reminds me of Frankenstein, or like when I was learning <laughs> to skate, and like my knees weren't really bending, and I was kind of just kind of you know motoring down the ice. Like he doesn't look good out there, but. I don't know. He's he, he's got to be in his bonnet this season. I think he's motivated and, you know, uh, Forsberg's kind of getting the benefit of that. And I like Parson, too. I think it's a nice little piece there. He scored a nice goal the other night. So, um, yeah, keep an eye on Nashville for sure. And Forsberg, yeah, go, go locate this man and get him on your squad. For sure. Let's keep rolling and talk about Evan Rodriguez, who had a monster night the other night. Four-point night, two goals, two assists. Obviously, four points now in two games, but skating 19 and a half minutes a night. Line one with Barkov and power play one, obviously, with Barkov and Tuchuk and all those kind of guys. Uh, under the hood, the metrics look great. Obviously, a very small sample here, but... Evan Rodriguez has kind of been a guy throughout his career who can put up shots, can put up scoring chances, but has not been a great converter historically throughout his career. He had kind of one stretch with Pittsburgh about half a season where he went on a run. I think it was about a 70-point pace he was on for about half a season and then kind of fell off again. And really that's the only like extended stretch of fantasy relevance we've ever really had from Rodriguez. He had a couple runs with Colorado last year where he had a couple good games together, but never like a sustained couple of weeks or month where we were like, yeah, Rodriguez is really doing it for my team. I'm glad I picked that guy up. He's been more of a streamer type. So what's our temperature on Rodriguez here? Uh, obviously the deployment's great. Obviously we have some concerns about the efficiency of the player himself, yep. But uh, I'm willing to look past that a little bit just for the the situation here. How about you, Blake? Yeah, I think you pretty much have to at this point, right? Like at this at this time in the season, I I, I call it like the great settling, right? Like, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a while, right? We're looking at a month of this, right? Where they're trying to figure things out. I mean, this guy starts the season on line one, power play one. Evan Rodriguez, what? And he's getting 20 minutes a night. That's I think you kind of have to. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, this guy's had some efficiency, efficiency issues. That's hard to say um, throughout, throughout his career. Right. But, uh, you know, currently he's cooking at 22%, right. Only two goals on nine shots. So, you know, take it easy, everyone. But, uh, you know, he's landed a plum spot power play one in Florida. That's amazing. Um, yeah. I think you got to just add him now and then we'll sort it out later. Right. I think when Bennett comes back, you know, this guy's value might be a little bit cooked, right. Or he's, it's going to eat into it. Right. But right now, He's he's kind of the guy, and they're they're rolling with him. So, I'm I'm into it. I picked him up in two spots. Um, you know, and Florida has a at least they have one off night next season or next week. So, um, yeah, you're you're loving it. Go pick this man up comfortably, and you can hold and see what happens. I think by the end of next week, we will we'll have even more data, and then we can advise even better. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens when Bennett comes back, but. You know, talk about it with uh, with Boone Jenner. Talk about it with Brock Besser. These guys, they're buying themselves time in these roles, right? Yeah. At the very least. Uh, so when Rodriguez has a four point performance, that doesn't that doesn't go out of a coach's mind super fast, right? Unless he really turns around and stinks it up for the next week. So I think he's bought himself a little bit of leash for sure. And as long as he's there, you know, I think he's got to be rostered in in most uh, standard leagues. All right, let's keep rolling. We got to talk about Rodriguez's teammate there and uh, co-power play one specialist, Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, Ekman Larson is apparently that guy again, and apparently he's really good at it. He doesn't have any points so far, but he's skating over 26 minutes a night, and he is just bombing away. He is sixth amongst all defensemen in individual shot attempts per 60, despite that 26 plus minutes. Like he is pumping pucks on net. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of interested in Oliver Ekman Larson. He's widely available. You can get him just about anywhere you want to. If you don't have some really sharp league mates who've already snapped him up, but as long as Ekman Larson has this role, as basically until Brandon Montour comes back, right? However long that is, as long as Ekman Larson has this role, I think he's going to be pretty valuable. And to be honest, like I said to somebody in the Discord today, I think he's probably a 50-plus point pace, uh, just almost based on the power play alone. But like the 
the 26 minutes, man, like you yeah. can't beat that. That's so many minutes uh, where he's just getting so much exposure to two guys that I projected for a hundred plus points in Barkov and to Chuck on separate lines. Reinhardt is on even a different line right now. They're really spreading things out. I think that these the Panthers are going to score goals. Like it's what they do. They play a run and gun style. They leave it open on both ends and they kind of see what falls out. But I'm I'm pretty into Ekman Larson. I think he's the biggest D pickup for sure uh, at the current moment. Obviously has that expiry date. I do expect that Montour would take that job right back. Um, but as, for the time being, like I don't see anybody else out there who's uh, getting my hopes up the way Ekman Larson is. Yeah, and they seem pretty comfortable with it too. Uh, I thought it would be a bigger kind of decision or like a back and forth. Like, okay, you got this game, OEL. Let's take a look at Forsling and see what he can do. No, they're giving the keys to OEL and he's he's just running with it. Like, I, I love the shot production, man. And we talked about this last season with, you know, Ek, Blad, Montour and Forsling being like three of the best shot uh, shot producers from the back end with Florida. I think it's just part of their their offense, their game plan. Like Paul yep. Maurice is like, that. that's part of his offense. And I think Ekman Larson's just like, oh, thank you very much, my good man. Yes, I'll shoot the puck <laughs> a little more, right? Like, um, but it's so weird because I picked up Forsling in a lot of spots thinking I'm all, you know, slick, right? And I'm, I'm holding him because I still like Forsling. He's still getting some good deployment. But yeah, for fantasy, I mean, OEL has to be the guy. And it's, it's killing me. Yeah, it's because I watched this man play in Vancouver too. He's defensively he's a pylon like straight up he's a pylon but we don't give a crap about that unless you have like giveaways or takeaways in your league or something and then still this man got eight minutes on the power play in florida damn all right you take the good with the bad so uh yeah if 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 he's out there again this is kind of like one of those things you pick him up and you deal with it later right if he if he starts stinking then you kick his ass to the curb right but i think yeah this is the defenseman to own in florida right now absolutely all right, one more name that we should throw in here. Weren't sure if we were going to have time, but I feel like we should. Uh, I think we got to talk about William Nylander, too. Kind of flying under the radar, but he's got five points in these two games. Overshadowed a little bit by the Matthews hat tricks, back-to-back hat tricks, but Nylander had the benefit of an overtiming game in there, but almost 20 minutes a night. It seems mm-hmm. like he's really going to be ridden a lot in an offensive context this year, and he's pumping shots he's doing all those things and he's converting like i think this uh i i was not comfortable with nylander's uh draft cost basically on draft day he was always going too high for me i saw him late second i was not convinced he was worth a second round pick late second early third in a lot of places and i was just not about that price because i saw some downside there but he looks really good to start and yeah everything's up it seems like he's found his niche here he's playing for a contract he's gonna stick it to Leafs management for not getting a deal done earlier and um yeah maybe there is something to that I don't know but whatever it is he's got to be under his bonnet so far this year I don't know if I'm like changing my initial projection on him so much as I'm just saying yeah there there's a real player here and we should all be taking note of it and if you need that right wing, then you could do worse than going out to acquire William Nylander. Yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, especially on the draft cost that, um, sort of, I, I wasn't into it either. There was guys I liked a little better there, but I mean, you know, he had dual eligibility there and that's kind of nice. Um, but damn, yeah. Toronto's come out, uh, out the gates, just firing on all cylinders. And I love to see it. Right. Especially for fantasy. Toronto is an amazing team. They got so many beauties there. Like I got Taveras in a bunch of spots and he's crushing right now in like not kind of limited ice time. He's getting like 16, 17 minutes a night. I love that, but he's going out there. He's doing everything, but yeah. Uh, Willie make way for Willie. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's crushing right now. And just the fact that they have those two lines that can do that. I mean, that's why guys like Matthews and Nylander can, can crush, right? You got a defensive line, you got to match up against somebody that leaves the other line just out there, you know, against a, a lesser line. Right. So, um, I'm a big fan of the player. I think I, I projected him for 89. I think that's reasonable. Um, but yeah, his metrics too, like, what, what is it here? He, um, yeah, like 20th in shots on goal per 60, 12th in individual Corsi four. Boom. All right, 24th in individual scoring chances for. Yeah, and he's, he's flying right out the gate. So um, I expect this to continue. I, I think this is the player he is. You know, obviously he's running a little hot, but, you know, I like I like 90 points for Nylander this season. Nice. 
know what? I do want to slip one more in here with Riley Smith. Um, I just thought that Riley Smith has had a really underrated start to his season. He's getting some good deployment in the Pittsburgh top six and seems determined to make the most of it. The average time on ice is not that great because he's obviously not on the top power play unit, uh, just over 15 and a half minutes average time on ice, but he's got three points in three games, 25th in the league in shots per 60. So he's putting pucks on net. You like to see that. And it just seems like Riley Smith is going to be a good fit there in Pittsburgh. And so I've got a little more hope for him. Maybe he's only a streamer option, depending on the depth of your league, things like that. But, um, Riley Smith has been a guy who's kind of come and gone in Vegas, but Vegas has kind of suppressed chances in both directions for a while. And it seems like Pittsburgh might be a little more uh, up to what Riley Smith wants to do and produce those shots and produce those points. So it wouldn't surprise me if we get a season out of Riley Smith that we didn't quite get from him uh, in Vegas this season. Your thoughts, Blake? Yeah, it's always nice when you, you go to a new team and your line clicks right off the bat. Like Malkin, he looks amazing right off the start here. Like, what? Where was this man like two years ago? I mean, he must have been dealing with some something chronic or you know just something else going on because he's flying. He was flying last year and he looks great again this season. And Raquel and Smith are beneficiaries as well. And and that said though, yeah, like Riley Smith, twenty fifth in the league in shots and goal per sixty, as you said, like. He, you know, he's getting some some really good chances just being on a line there with those guys. So, yeah, Pitt, Pittsburgh's looking really good. I, I feel like they're going to fall off a little bit. Like, um, you know, I'm not really high on Tristan Jari. I think, you know, he's <laughs> he's he's. He's a he's a starter on a really good team, but he he doesn't instill me with a lot of confidence. I feel like you know he's going to let in some softies and and this you know. I don't know. I, th this start for Pittsburgh, I think, is a little unexpected for me. Um, you know, who I really want to start doing well is Latang. Come on, buddy. Oh, I love Chris Latang. I hated to see that he was. They were taking him off power play one, but you know, he's still so valuable. But uh, yeah, Riley Smith. What, what's his roster ship? Damn, I was going to look at that. Um, like I he's can get that for you. Yeah, let's take a look. Okay, yeah, he's he's fifty seven percent rostered, so it's. He's out there, but yeah, I, I think he's not going to be for much longer if you don't have him on a roster now because his line is cooking and he's on power play too. And Pittsburgh looks really good. So yeah, go get this man. Absolutely. All right. We will get to the have nots, the players who have started this season cold, but I do want to take a second here. If you haven't already, please do join the Discord server. You can talk to 800 plus other fantasy managers. There's somebody in there at all times of every day talking fantasy hockey. So get yourself in there. Get your buns in there, as Blake would say. And let's get to biz. I also want to let you know about the Patreon if you have not heard, uh, basically for five bucks a month, you get access to the show notes from this show and the waiver wire show. The waiver wire show, I think, is is the one that you definitely want the show notes for. So you can just look back when you're setting up your ads for the week, your streams, which teams to target. It's all right there in those show notes. So that's super valuable information, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, five bucks a month gets you that. Plus, it gets you a guaranteed answer to all your fantasy hockey questions from yours truly. And for 10 bucks a month, you can get team reviews monthly from myself. I've done that for some people already. And yeah, it's just one way for, you know, to get that outside opinion. Everybody's always craving. You always see people post their team and say, how did I do? How did I do? Is this team going to take me to the championship this year? And the answer is probably not. You're probably going to have to work on it every month of the season. And so that's what you can do with me. We'll work on it together all season long and we'll get you there in the end. I also want to take a second and tell you that you should be checking out applesandgenos.com if only to get access to Mark Barber, 18 Skaters, on Twitter at 18 Skaters. His daily summaries that he's been posting, he's got it all set up where it kind of automates this output and gives you all the biggest performances from the night before. So you can, with your morning cup of coffee, just run over all the biggest events from last night's games and get yourself up to speed without breaking a sweat. I really think that's some of the best content that is coming out under the Apples and Genos umbrella this year. 
And while you're here, if you could like and subscribe if you're on YouTube or rate the podcast, give it five stars. That would be super helpful. We've had some boneheads in the Discord telling us how terrible things are. I think they're just trolling us, but uh, they're bringing down our podcast rating and that hurts our feelings. So uh, combat the trolls. Help us out a little bit here. (laughs) And uh, yeah, give us the five stars if you're so inclined. If we're doing anything of value for you here, we would greatly appreciate it. Love it. Like. You ready for some have-nots? I am ready. Nate, I'm surprised you didn't mention the the new tier in your Patreon, the friendship experience. All right. I've talked about this before. <laughs> it is $100 a month. So it's a little, you know, it's a little bit, uh, you know, you got to, you know, break the bank a little bit. But you know what? Nate says I'm his best friend. All right. Money well spent. Book it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about a trio of best friends who are not doing oh, so well. That's going to be I Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson. <laughs> and Alex Tuck. Uh, Yeah, this is not going according to plan. Zero points between the three of them through the first two games of the season, and they're just, like, not going to play them, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. Jeff Skinner is leading this group, and he's under 17 and a half minutes time on ice. Tage Thompson is under 16 and a half. Like, I guess they just don't want to win games. I don't I don't have an explanation for what's going on here. They've lost both games and they've refused to play the players who can score goals for them. So I don't know why that's the case. If anybody in your league is worried about Tage Thompson, I would absolutely go out and acquire him right this second. He's 17th in individual shot attempts for 60, 51st in shots for 60. Like it's two games. He's done very well for himself. I'm not worried about Tage Thompson in the slightest. So definitely would go out and acquire him if somebody's panicking. I don't think you're going to get that deal done just yet. You're probably going to need to see a bit more of an extended stretch before anyone's trading away what was probably their first or second round pick. So I don't think that's out there, but maybe there is a little bit of that for Skinner or Tuck that you can find in your leagues. Maybe you can find that trade somewhere if somebody's down on the Sabres already after a not-so-great start, then I would definitely go looking for that let's talk about this here blake who would you be most interested in acquiring just at what you think you'd have to give up to get them like obviously you'd pick tage thompson out of the three but you know you're gonna have to give up a lot more to get him yeah i mean I, I'm, I'm with you though first off the first off like this whole this is it's just kind of a crappy start like i cannot see the head coach playing them this type of deployment moving forward like these are your horses these are the guys that got you where you were last season, you know, close to the playoffs. And these are the guys you're going to need to ride. So um, I I don't expect that to continue. Like in one of the games, I don't think they had, yeah, they didn't have any power plays. Like I was looking into it and Tage had like 21 seconds or something on the power play. I thought like, oh no, like this is what's happening. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I think it's, it, it might have to do with effort level. I saw a tweet somewhere just saying they were sort of riding like the middle stat line because they were the only line that kind of showed up, you know what I mean? And we're going out there and doing stuff. So, you know, it's uh, who knows what's going on behind closed doors, but I'm not concerned. That said, I mean, obviously I'm going for Tage Thompson, but if out of Skinner and Tuck, I kind of like Tuck. Um, I don't know. I think like Skinner has a bit more name recognition. So I think Alex Tuck, you could maybe get for a song. Like someone's like, oh yeah, whatever. Two games, nothing like, yeah, get the hell out of my sight. Right. Um, But I've been impressed with the consistency of Alex Tuck. I think his floor is really solid and I don't think he's going anywhere just yet. Right. Um, So yeah, I think, I think I'd look at Tuck there if you're going to try and do something like that. Um, but yeah, Buffalo really garbage start. I mean, those Devin Levi uh, drafters, like I stayed away from Devin Levi this year. Um, you know, that, that's not looking too good. I, I picked up UPL in an, in a, in a league, uh, which is kind oh, of man. a prayer. It was like my last pick in a 16 teamer. So, you know, I, I had no goalies, like it's hard to do zero G in a 16 teamer, but I did it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I got Grubauer and yeah, UPL are my goalies. So that, that's not good. I've been streaming in like all the, all the backups. So that's kind of nice, but um, I would love if they went to UPL, but anyways, uh, Zach Benson's the guy who's really cooking there in Buffalo. So I don't know, just as a side note, take a look and see where Zach Benson is because uh, yeah, he might uh, look pretty good, especially if he gets over these nine games. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think that, you know, I mean, he was on that line that was the best line for Buffalo in their last game. So it's hard to see them breaking it up. But at the same time, if they want to break up the top line, then Benson seems like the logical guy to do that with because they already proved that concept in the preseason. So I don't know exactly what they'll do, but I think there's some interesting ways uh, that Benson could be an interesting part of a resurgence for some of these players. Um, yeah, I think 
I think Skinner might be cheaper to acquire. Tuck is the right wing. Uh, yeah. So that might play into it a little bit. And uh, yeah, Skinner, I think, still has a little bit of stank attached to his name from those seasons where he just disappeared under the thumb of Ralph Kruger. And so I don't know. If it was if if the cost was equal uh, to acquire, then I would prefer Tuck just for the right wing. Uh, but I think that you probably don't have to pay quite so much for Jeff Skinner. And somebody out there is like, oh, I finally buy in on Jeff Skinner and this is what he does to me. So I don't know. There's at least a, a chance out there that you can acquire at least one of these guys at a little bit less than draft day price. Absolutely. And that's something that I'd definitely be interested in. All right, from that trio to a duo out of the New Jersey Devils squad, Nico Heischer and Timo Meyer both zero points in their first two games. Um, they they have this power play situation yeah. going on where they're splitting up the power plays. Uh, Hughes is on the other power play. Jack Hughes is on the other power play. And so neither Meyer or Heischer are getting that exposure, which is something that I know you and I both baked into our projections for these players. Hughes looks like a world beater, which was something that I think we assumed uh, pretty much. I think we both had 100-plus point projections for him. I think we feel pretty confident in who Jack Hughes is, that he can be a superstar-level player in the league this year. But I feel like he sure is a guy who rode a little bit. He definitely took a step last year. I don't want to take anything away from him. I didn't have a great projection on Heischer. I didn't think he was that good. He took a legitimate step last year. He improved a lot of his individual metrics by a significant amount. Don't want to take that away from him. But clearly, a lot of it was boosted by uh, some exposure to Jack Hughes and Dougie Hamilton and these other stars. So you take that away a little bit, and then I'm starting to wonder how much, like, is Nico Heischer a guy who's going to elevate an entire line on his own, who's going to elevate an entire power play on his own? I'm not sure he's that guy. Can Timo Meyer do that? I'm a little more confident in that for Timo Meyer. Timo Meyer has had a really bad start, though, 265th yeah. in shots per 60 and 155th in individual scoring chances for per 60, just two games. But that is not the Timo Meyer that we have come to love over the last few seasons in San Jose and 17 just over 17 minutes average time on ice which is uh it's okay but it's not great uh we would have hoped to see more for Meyer there so all things told I'm just wondering if we need to kind of adjust expectations for these guys a little bit based on this power play and just even even if tomorrow they go back and they say uh I, I think we're gonna go back to the other power play uh, set up where it's Heischer, it's Meyer, it's Jack Hughes, it's Dougie Hamilton, it's probably yep. Jesper Bratt as the fifth. Even if they go back to that, like who's to say that they're going to keep it that way? Like the next time that power play goes into, into a little bit of a slump, do they switch it back again? And now we're back to this and you're get, just going to end up getting stretches from these players uh, where they're not as useful as we thought. Overall, I'm much more confident in Meyer returning to form than I am Heischer. But I do think that it's too soon to panic. I'm not advocating to go out and sell them. I'm just wondering if we need to maybe adjust our expectations a little bit. What do you think, Blake? Um, potentially, for sure. Like this power play kind of threw threw us for a loop, right? Like that that's that's very unexpected to kind of split it 50-50. It, it sort of looks like the way they're doing it. Like Luke Hughes is on power play one, basically with Jack Hughes, which is a big surprise. And then you got Dougie Hamilton on this unit with Heischer and Timo Meyer and Dawson Mercer. So... Yeah, it, it just cuts into everybody's value. But, well, it hasn't cut into Jack Hughes or Jesper Bratt, right? Those guys are flying. They're playing amazing. But, um, yeah, I, the good thing about these players, like, so both these guys are, are starting out cold, and they're both on the same line, and they're both on the same power play, right? So if one of them can start going, all right, and they start figuring it out, then, you know, by proxy, the other one's going to kind of go as well, right? And But I'm with you. Um, he sure, I, I actually projected him for 85. So, you know, I'm, I'm holding on that for now, right? But... I don't know if they're going to do this power play thing all season. If they do, yeah, that's going to, we're definitely going to have to change some of those projections or, or our expectations there. Right. And then Meyer, what the hell is going on here? He's not shooting and he's not hitting. So, you know, I think we both pegged him for like a, um, not, not really a big offensive season. Right. I wasn't, I, you know, I think I had him for 79. You have him for less like 68 or something like that. Right. So, um, which I think is, it's probably somewhere in between there. That's like ceiling and floor to me, but yeah, I still expect him to shoot and hit and he hasn't been doing that. So 
We'll see. I mean, it, it sucks because, of course, the Devils are one of my favorite fantasy teams, and now they're doing this. They're they're giving us the old Rod Brindamore treatment. Like, <laughs> oh man, no, you know. So there are some players that I think kind of come out a little bit more valuable. Players like Luke Hughes, which we'll talk about a little bit later, but um, you know he hasn't done much with it, but he gets to play with Jack on that power play, and that's the power play that's cooking, right? That's the power play that's getting all the minutes. Um, if you look at their last game here. Luke Hughes was the top power play minute guy, three minutes and 43 seconds. Um, Dougie Hamilton played 42 seconds against Arizona. Yeah. Damn. Like who saw that coming? And and I don't see that continuing, but you know, we have to keep an eye on it. Yeah. So let's talk about Luke Hughes a little bit because I am much higher on Luke Hughes than I was. <laughs> Luke Hughes is one of these yeah. guys who got steamed up in Yahoo ADP. And now he's rostered on like, I think it's like 80 plus percent of, of uh, Yahoo, 84% of <laughs> Yahoo teams of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Luke Hughes is rostered in. Um, I definitely don't think he needs to be rostered in that many leagues, but um, definitely this early deployment has me changing my tune on what I thought Luke Hughes could be. Uh, I did have like a decent little projection on Luke Hughes, even considering that he would be a uh, power play two, as I assumed in the preseason. I had a 10 goal, 39 point projection on him, which is pretty solid. The problem with Hughes is that he doesn't really hit or block that much. And so you're kind of just banking on the offense to happen. It's a little bit more of maybe like the Tyson Berry mold, you might say, or somebody along those lines. So you really need that offense to be there. I'm not obviously sure that that's going to be there just yet. He's just under 19 minutes a game through the first two games here. But 19th in shot attempts for 60, 23rd in Corsi 4 per 60, 28th in scoring chances 4 per 60. Like the numbers look pretty good here for for Luke Hughes. And I got to see a little bit of the game. He looks very good, obviously. Like you know what you're going to get from a Hughes brother, right? The guy can skate, the guy can move. Um, and he can get around people with that ability. So I think there's uh, I think there's definitely something here with Luke Hughes. If somebody's already like, ah, what did I draft this rookie for? He's terrible, and you can get him for a song, then sure, I'm willing to try him out. But I'm still a little bit hesitant just based on the fact that if he's not scoring points for you, then he's really doing nothing for your roster. Um, he literally has zero hits and zero blocks through the first two games here and uh, four shots total. So he's not doing much if he's not hitting and blocking. He's only there for your points. And if he's not scoring points, he's not doing anything. So these types of players are hard to roster, but I do think that there is a ceiling here. It's more it's more of like a Bowen Byram situation where I'd be really excited if Dougie Hamilton uh, right. were to go down to an unfortunate injury or something of that nature. Then I'd be really high on Luke Hughes because then he'd be the guy and then yeah you could see him shoulder like 22 minutes a night and all the power play duties and everything would just go his way and then he could be yeah i would have no problem projecting him for 50 plus probably pushing 60 at that point uh so definitely uh there's a case here at least for luke hughes uh that i didn't know was possible before the season and so i'm intrigued by luke hughes if you know if this kind of deployment starts to hold if we see him you know start to increase his even strength time on ice share uh but the points still aren't there then i'll grow more and more interest in acquiring hughes but still just the kind of brand of player that he is the archetype of player that he is i'm not i'm not going out to acquire him just yet yeah, for me with Luke Hughes, I did pick him up in two spots. I got roasted by Nate for that one, by the way. So there <laughs> you go. Yeah. What, what now, Nate? What now? Um, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, it was kind of a not a flail pick, but there there was slim pickings there, so I thought I'd go upside. But um, yeah, I, I like you know 17 and a half minutes in the first game, 20 minutes and 10 seconds in the second game, uh, and in both games, just under 60% power play share. That's huge. I, I did not see that coming. So um, if, if anything like that sticks, like I'm, I'm looking forward to another week of seeing what, what goes on with Luke Hughes. Um, also, it's a really neat piece, just the, mentally, like his brother is the star of the team and he's yeah. getting to play with them. So there, there's, there's going to be, it, it's not going to be as nerve wracking for him, I would think, right? I'm guessing, I'm extrapolating here, but you know, he can come in and just play his game. Like his brother is like a legend on the team. This guy's like, you know, one of the most exciting players in the league, best rush chance shot generator in the entire league, uh, Jack Hughes, right? And this guy gets to come in and play with his brother, right? And I think they're sort of prioritizing that. Like, that's the only reason I can see why they would put him on the power play with Jack Hughes. It's like, yeah, go play with your brother, right? And they're probably super stoked to do it. Like, Jack Hughes looks like he's been shot out of a cannon. That guy's ridiculous. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm into it. I think I had him for a 41 
41 point uh, season Luke Hughes. So I think, you know, if this continues. That's, you know, he's going to smash that. I think in 40, 40 and 50 points, I think. All right. Let's talk about Owen Tippett, who's been a disappointment as well. Yeah. No points for Tippett. Under 15 minutes average time on ice through the first couple of games. He's put together a bunch of shot attempts. Fifth in the league in individual Corsi 4 per 60. Um, so that looks still good. It seems like that part of his game hasn't quite gone away yet. Hasn't translated it into actual shots or obviously goals, but he is still putting, uh, trying to get the puck on net anyway. But it does seem like with the re-additions, I guess you would say, of Couturier and Atkinson in Philadelphia, that Tippett has been kind of pushed down the lineup a little bit off of power play one, where he did a lot of damage last year. And so you're left kind of wondering what Tippett's value really is on a team that doesn't have a ton of offensive depth. Um, if you're not on the top unit, are you rosterable even? I've seen Owen Tippett dropped already uh, in a league where <laughs> it seemed like after two games, uh, the manager was like, well, if he's not going to be there, then why am I hanging on to this dead roster spot? Yeah. And I can I can kind of understand that. Like I, I've got Owen Tippett in a banger's cats and I'm not ready to drop him there yet. Um, but yeah, if this doesn't turn around, if he doesn't get those uh, minutes, if he doesn't find a way to get onto the top power play unit, then yeah, he's going to be a tough guy to hang on to. What are your thoughts, Blake? Yeah, it, it's a bit unexpected, just especially the way that he finished last season, you know, getting like Buku deployment, all the minutes. Um, it, it's a surprise to see him down at 13 minutes or whatever, you know, Tortellini's playing him, um, you know, just coaches. This is a head scratcher though. It really is like, I, you know, they didn't play Kevin Hayes last season very much because they wanted to play the young guys, right? Uh, well, um, Owen Tippett is 24 torts, all right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson, not, all right? So um, that said, I mean, both Couturier and Atkinson have looked decent in returns. I, I think that's, you know, that that's a nice for Philly. Like, they're trying to win games, but they're not a good team. So I could very well see a kind of a repeat of last season with Owen Tippett. Like, you know, he plays 50 minutes average time on ice for the first third or, you know, maybe half. And then in the second half, when they're well out of the race, it's Owen Tippett season. Right. So, but I think, you know, I, I, am kind of with you. I have him in a bangers cats and I'm holding there, but in a points league that I was drafting, you know, hoping that he might get 60 points. Like, I'm definitely kicking him to the curb. Like, you know, this is a guy you can probably pick up later on, right? He's only 40% rostered and that's going down, right? So I, I feel comfortable dropping in a points league. Cats league, you probably want to hold for, just see another couple games and see what the deployment's like. But yeah, it's, he needs that deployment and he's just not getting it. And I don't know if he's going to get it anytime soon unless there's an injury. Yeah, a big part of the Owen Tippett thesis last year was that he was getting crazy minutes, yep. like 20-plus minutes uh, towards the end of last year in a lot of games. So obviously those minutes go away. You take, yeah, literally a quarter of those minutes away in the early going here, and that takes away a quarter of the production, uh, do the math, and then take away the better line mates and the better opportunity on the power play and do that math, and it, uh, it starts to add up. So not too stoked about that. Another guy I'm not too stoked about right now is Nazem Kadri from Calgary Flames. He did play, like, his line was the line that played the most at even strength. Uh, he is on the top power play, but the line mates here are Dylan Dubé and Adam Ruzicka. Hope I'm saying that name right. I've tried it many different ways. and <laughs> We didn't figure it out from last season. Time. Yeah. We never figured it out oh. from last season. Um, and quite honestly, I'm not sure that we need yeah. to. Uh, I like the effort. Purposes. I like the effort. That's nice. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I am concerned about Kadri because if these are the lines, then I'm, I am concerned. Like I want to see him with somebody with a little bit of juice. Like even Blake Coleman would be better than these guys. Matt Coronado, I think would be better than these guys. Mangiapani is now up to the top line. It seems like so that's out the window for Kadri. A little bit of my thesis for Kadri this year was that he was going to get some time with Jonathan Huberdeau because they were actually a pretty effective duo last year and the times that they played together. And it seems like it's going to be Huberdeau, Lindholm, top line all the time. And it's really more just a question of who's going to play right wing on that top line. So, all that to say. Kadri is a guy I'm a little bit worried about. The early returns under the hood have not been great either. 218th in shots per 60, 96 in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, which is obviously a little better, but still not great. 
Kadri uh, has been a guy who's been able to generate a ton and then be reasonably effective uh, and efficient at converting chances. So if he's not able to generate a ton and he's playing with bad line mates at even strength, then you're really just hoping for power play points and that's going to bring down the overall projection. He's a center only, like you can go on and on uh, here with Kadri, but the negatives, still a player that I think is rosterable, but uh, not convinced that this is a player that's going to be much above replacement level like this is what the flames lineup looks like now imagine if they get an injury to a winger here or there and what that lineup could look like after that uh, i'm a little bit concerned about kadri your thoughts blake yeah i share all of that i mean this is never a player i was very excited about his you know last season i called for him to to be a bust and uh yeah was correct on that but that wasn't a hard call right he's coming off an 87 point season with colorado on power play one right so um I think the season he had last season is probably closer to what he actually can do, right? Um, with 56 points in 82 games. So, um, yeah, that all said, it's his line mates. Yeah, exactly. Like the Doobie brother, Dylan Doobie, we don't, you know, buddy, stay off the weed. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a gateway drug, right, Nate? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not excited about the player. Like he, he's good in, in uh, uh, bangers cats leagues for sure, because he hits. So I like that, but um, yeah, it's, it's a new coach and uh, that always affects things too. Right. We've seen it, you know, Huberto's been doing better. Um, even Uyghur, Lindholm, these guys have all started out pretty well, whereas Cadre's kind of gone the opposite. I, I don't think he's looked good out there. So just keep an eye on it. Right. I, I, I didn't draft him anywhere. I was not interested at all. It's certainly because of the center only. Um, so yeah, it's, if you got him, you got to hold really because you probably put a little bit of draft stock into him and he is power play one in Calgary and he should do better. I mean, I don't know. What did you project Kadri for? Do you remember? Uh, I can pull it? that up really quickly here. It was oh, somewhere oh in the range of, yeah, 59 points is what I had him for. Um, but obviously like a guy who hits, uh, had him just under a hundred hits on the season, 257 shots is what I had him for. So in leagues where you get some decent weight for that, or in a bangers cats kind of setup, then he's obviously got some, got some value in those regards, but yeah, I'm just not stoked about the early returns here on Kadri and what that Calgary lineup is shaping up like. All right, I want to squeeze one more in here. Drake Batherson has now played three games, still doesn't have a point, averaging not great minutes on <laughs> ice and playing between... Uh, I got to look this up because I still... I've looked at this so many times because I'm so angry about it and I still can't remember the guy's name. Rourke Chartier, who is apparently a player who plays in the NHL, and Dominic Kubelik. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the situation for... Uh, Drake Batherson currently get well Josh Norris please 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 get well Josh Norris and make it back here uh, we need you desperately in our time of need <laughs> uh, basically Batherson is a guy obviously I think has a ton of value um, just an atrocious year last year unbelievably poor shooting luck and on ice uh, shooting luck so a guy that I was projecting for a big time bounce back this year and He's not going to get it if he's playing on the third line, like clear third line. Uh, here's the average, here's the uh, total time on ice for the lines here 1229 for the Drew to Chuck Stutzlow line, 1139 for the Tarasenko Joseph Greg line, and then 743 for the Batherson line here. Uh, yeah, that's just not going to cut it, even if he's on power play one. It's a, it's a similar situation to Kadri, honestly. I'm I'm pretty worried about Drake Batherson at the moment. I hope that Josh Norris comes back and he is inserted onto the Batherson line. They do have some history there, obviously, from previous seasons. I That's what I'm holding on to hope for here. Yep, uh, I'm with you. I did get Batherson in a couple spots just because his value was insane. I mean, based on our projections, right? Because, um, I, yeah, I have him for a bounce back as well. His shooting percentage at even strength, dismal. All right, it was terrible last season. Um, and you know, it obviously hasn't been good this season either. So, um, you know, he did have a nice first game there, uh, 18 minutes, 21 seconds. He had five shots on goal, but the last couple games time on ice, 15, 46 for him. And then tonight, 15, 31, again, zero points. He was minus one in all the games. He's barely hitting. He's barely blocking. So he's not doing what we need, but, uh, the good news is I, I do think that Norris is going to be back soon. Like he's out there skating with the team. He just needs to be cleared. 
So whatever, whatever that issue is, like, I, I feel like, you know, he might have must've had a setback or something at some point, but we will see Josh Norris. And I really am confident they're going to put him with Batherson. And I think that's going to make all the difference. Right. But obviously he's got to get cooking on the power play as well. Like he's still getting that power play one treatment and, and nothing doing. Right. So um, yeah, definitely concerned, but you got to hold, right. We got to, we got to see what happens with this guy and, and uh, see what happens when Norris comes back. All right. We got to, get ourselves out of here but before we do we're going to introduce one new segment that we're going to be talking about this year all through the year uh, it's just something that i've always wanted to be able to present uh, but something i haven't really found a way to be able to do uh, we're going to call it move of the week uh, blake and i are both going to present something that we did in one of our actual leagues uh, this past week that we think there's something to learn uh, from for either for ourselves that we learned this week something that we did that we we're like ah we shouldn't have done that we should have done it this way something that we're uh, you know in hindsight we're thinking we could have done better or something that we think is just a good strategy move maybe it worked maybe it didn't but it's a good strategy move that we want to uh, bring forward um, you know I talk about all the waiver wire players we talked about that this week and sometimes I pick different players and why did I pick different players when I said this guy was the top waiver wire pickup well it's because of you know reasons E, F, J, K, all the way down to Z, uh, all those other reasons that I'm factoring in for my specific team, for my specific league, for my specific lineup. Um, so all those kinds of things are what we're hoping to bring you from this segment. So Blake, kick us off here. Talk to me about your move of the week. Move of the week. All right. Um, to be honest, like I had good um, matchup scheduling for the first week with almost all of my teams. Like my games played was crushing my opponents in almost every matchup. So I didn't have to do a ton, right? I spent a lot of my moves on, you know, getting backup goalies and things like that. And then I had Zach Wierenski in like six leagues. So I had to replace <laughs> him. Uh, I, you know, just for fun fact, this isn't the move, but I, I ended up, uh, you know, in one league with Matheson, I got Chikrin in a really shallow league that I'm in to replace Wierenski. So that really worked out. Um, I got Owen power in one who hasn't done anything, but I, I like the player. And then, Siegenthaler. I had to pick him up and kick up full. Buddy, thank you for your service. Fill up the water bottles. All right. Go have a Coke and a smile. All right. Buddy's not doing jack squat, but that's fine. I'm um, assuming you got him after the three assist night then. Yeah, of course. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need a defenseman. And it's, you know, uh cup full. Keeping Carlson League is like 14 teamers. So it's the mm. waiver wire is pretty dry. So that's fine. Uh, but I guess if I had to talk about one move, it was picking up Seth Jarvis at the beginning of the week. I had Ehlers in, you know, the injury spot and I just didn't activate him. I left Ehlers in the IR and I, um, or IR plus, and then I just rolled with Seth Jarvis and yeah, I got him for his really good game, which was nice. Uh, you know, he was beefing out of control, seven hits, four shots, buddy, six, almost seven minutes on the power play. And then he's kind of come down to earth a little bit, no points in the last two, but that is a player that I'm fairly excited about moving forward. Um, that said, you know, the last couple of games, his power play share, uh, percentage has gone under 50%. So I think they might be moving Natchez back on the top power play. So we got to keep an eye on Seth Jarvis and see what the hell is going on. But, um, you know, 21 minutes, uh, almost 22 minutes the first game, 19 minutes the second game. Uh, so far in Anaheim, he's up to 11 and a half minutes, something like that. So we'll, we'll see. But that's a player I am low-key excited about and I'm holding for a little bit just to see what he does. Yeah, I'm just checking now. We're recording while the Anaheim-Carolina game is going on, and it looks like Jarvis is still there. Aho Jarvis bunting uh, Burns D'Angelo, that unit. Uh, they did just kind of end up splitting it fairly evenly, which is probably what you're seeing. So right. it looks okay. like he's still there, though. Sweet. Uh, for myself... My move of the week is going to be when you have this, we had kind of a rare circumstance this past week where you have a back-to-back -back from one team followed up by a back-to-back -back for another team. So we had the back-to-back -back from Chicago on the Tuesday-Wednesday to open the season, and then we had the back-to-back -back from New Jersey for the Thursday-Friday. And whenever you have this, um, you just have an opportunity to knock out four games played in four nights uh, from your streaming spot. And that's just super valuable. It, even if the player quality isn't too high, like I ran into, I ran Athanasiu and Corey Perry and I was like, man, I don't know if this is going to work, but I'm going to get a bunch of games played out of this and get that edge on my opponent. Athanasiu had an assist. Perry had, I think three assists in the first two games. Went off, buddy. Yeah. 
something like that. And then I had Andre Palat and Alexander Holtz. Holtz did absolutely nothing. Andre Palat had at least an assist, uh, so he got me a little bit of something in those two games. But whenever you can get that kind of situation, it's something that you really got to look at closely and see what you can do with your streaming spots. I do think that it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just a super valuable way to get ahead in games played and get yourself that edge. It works really well in weeks that don't have a lot of heavy nights. Obviously, if there's heavy nights, they're usually kind of every other night that the heavy nights are coming on because you get a heavy night where teams are playing, an off night where those teams that played the previous night are probably not playing unless they're on a back-to-back, and then you, the cycle kind of kind of goes on again right uh, throughout the week usually it's like a tuesday thursday saturday it's kind of the heavy night schedule and the others are are lighter nights so uh, in weeks where those tuesday and thursday game uh, nights particularly are not quite so heavy then you can run into some situations like this and it's really important to take note of that wherever it falls in your weekly schedules when it does come up and that's something that blake and i will definitely put out there for you if and when it does come up throughout the season um you know, if there is a night, though, if there is a week, rather, where there's true heavy nights, then that stream wouldn't make the lineup. So then I would advocate, you know, focusing on off nights with quality players. Uh, that becomes a lot more important, focusing on the quality of the player. You're not going to get the sheer volume that you're getting in this uh, four games and four nights uh, that we had this past week. So then you're actually looking at quality and you're looking at off nights only. So all stuff that we'll detail for you much more thoroughly in our waiver wire show. That's going to be coming every single week. We're super stoked about that. We're super stoked about this show and hopefully it brought you some value, helped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today. All the advanced stats you heard today came from natural Statric, which is a terrific free resource. Many thanks to the band there, there for supplying the music for the this podcast be sure to check out their spotify as well that's it folks much love mm-hmm.